Stuff a Pod Show was produced and managed by podtalk.co.uk. I'm Mark Mason. And I'm Susanna Hornby. Episode 9, talking to couple Tim Welton and Lynn Whitehead, globally acclaimed actors, directors, singers, musicians and huge supporters of the local drama community. Tim, who has directed, acted and even written for many productions including West End and Broadway, as well as national tours of Blood Brothers, Evita and Cabaret, is now artistic director of Three Pin Productions in Bury St Edmunds. Lynn is a theatre actor and musician and also appeared in well-loved TV shows including Emmerdale Farm, EastEnders and The Brilliant Dinner Ladies. Lynn is now a professional storyteller and singer and works closely with drama and singing groups across Suffolk. Lynn and Tim, although having very different career paths, have found themselves working together again and here they are to tell us more. A big welcome to you both. Thank you very much. Hello, hello. That that sounds really good. I'd employ me after that. We'll talk afterwards, no problem. Um, Yeah, do you want to be my agent? Yeah, I'd love to be. I think we're quite lucky having you both together. I feel it's a a rare occasion to be able to speak to you both. We're looking forward to hearing about how on earth you guys are working together again. But first of all, we thought we'd throw a question straight at you um, because we'd love to know how you first met each other. Go on, Tim, you tell the story. It it was my first job ever, straight out of drama school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in fact, uh, I left drama school early to go and do a job up in the beautiful New Vic Theatre, which is Theatre in the Round in Newcastle on the Lime, just in in the Potteries. And uh, there were two of us who'd gone up from uh, from college that I was at, the Radar. Mm -hmm. And um, Henry was, Henry Webster was the other guy. And for all the weeks, we were known as the two Henrys. And Lynn played my wife in it. And we had to do a... It was a rock and roll show and we had to do a rock and roll sequence where I beat her up d- during a jive. And she still called me Henry for most of, well, in fact, most of the year, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> we couldn't remember what his name was, so we just called them both Henry. <laughs> they only used to appear occasionally because they were still at college during the day. And then they would appear for rehearsals and it was like, oh, which one's which? I'll just call them both Henry and hope for the best. <laughs> but then I assume you didn't muddle them up later down the line. No, 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 I've never got it wrong since. I'm, I'm glad to say. Although, my brother-in-law's name is Tom. Uh, and so my sister and I, when talking, often get Tom and Tim, Tim, Tom, Tim. Which, which one's yours? You know, and we have to remind ourselves which one's which. Yeah. And when was that? 1989. When? Yeah, 1989. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> it was that yeah. long ago. Mm. So, well, yeah, so 31 years almost. Many congratulations. I think that's quite oh, a thank good you, thank you. By, by all accounts. You both have had an extraordinary career, and I wish we had so much more time to talk to you about, oh gosh, everything. We wanted specifically to ask both of you what you consider perhaps the greatest piece of work you've ever done or work experience you've ever had. Lynn? <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Yeah, yes, um, I can. When Tim and I first moved up from London up to East Anglia, we took over running a little company for people with learning disabilities over in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. They used to meet every Every Saturday, once a fortnight, and we had the, the kids. Our kids were young at the time, so they used to come with us. Mm-hmm. And we made a couple of shows with that group. We found, I mean, talk about challenge. What you think you know about the craft mm. when you're working with people who completely have a different angle to take on it. Mm. So it was adults with learning disabilities, and so some of them couldn't remember lines. So we had to work out. Well, what do you do if you haven't got some someone who can remember lines? Some mm-hmm. didn't speak at all, so you had to look at ways of creating a drama with people that were non-verbal, and it really, really made us stop and go. Okay, we still these people still want to make a show, 
how are we going to make a show given the parameters that we have? And we had some fantastically brilliant and hilarious and emotional times working mm. with that company. So I certainly think that working, they were called Libra. I think the, the group is still going. We haven't been running it for a long time now, but mm. working with Lurt, I mean, what a bunch of fabulous characters at Libra Theatre was uh, probably, the, you know, on my deathbed, I'll go. If I didn't do anything else, I did that, you know. Yeah. That's for me. Extraordinary. And you did that together? Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah, we yeah. Did. and with yeah, the kids we did. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Children. yeah. So our children, well, yeah, our children had um, quite an, uh, you know, that was quite a, a theatrical education, really, because we dragged them everywhere with us. So they got to see rehearsals. They got to, to join in things. They had to hold the end of the curtain quite a lot of times, you know. <laughs> so bless them, they've come through that relatively unscathed. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. They, they work in theatre, don't they? So Max is up in Glasgow. He he trained at the Royal Scottish Conservatory, but as a composer, music became more and more his thing. Although when he was younger, he, he did lots of acting. And even his composition works a lot with singers and actors in performance. So even though it's kind of contemporary classical composition, in, strictly speaking, he, he is actually kind of drifting towards... He, he's, never let, he's never let the theatrical thread go. Mm. And yeah, and our daughter is um, following in our, hot in our footsteps. She's in Dublin at the moment, just mm. finishing off her course. COVID meant that they had to kind of finish... Well, they didn't get to finish their their course at the end of last summer, so they've all gone back this October just to do final shows and try and make that transition yeah. into the real world. Yeah, which is, so important yeah. for them. It's a bit of closure too. Yeah. And, and Tim, what about your? Yeah, yeah it, and it's, this sounds like such an obvious comment. Is it's really difficult to say because you know you go. I was whilst Lynn was talking, I was thinking, oh yeah, that. Oh, and then <laughs> and you go, oh God, how do you judge things? However, there is one show that I was involved with, which was a kind of for a lot of people doing it when we finished it, it was so weird and complicated that we kind of a lot of people thought I don't know what else to do now because that was the most extraordinary thing and that was actually as an associate director working with Rufus Norris which I've done quite a lot over the years Mm. who's now running the national and it was the production of London Road the musical production of London Road which I was associate director on at the national and the thing about that is that it was it was I mean not everyone's cup of tea contentious especially I know for some of the people in Ipswich but it was an extraordinary piece Mm. and one that I kind of I think we'll always I'll always have on the shelf to go yeah listen to this yeah Mm. you know I worked on that so Mm. kind of in terms of just pure pride I think that will be up there I think Mm. and when was that gosh that was god when was it Lynn 2000 oh I don't know it must be and eight years ago 2000 2013 something Mm. like that yeah Mm. something like that yeah Mm. yeah extraordinary I'm going to ask you if you didn't mind what was it like working with Victoria Wood? Do you mind telling us? Because <laughs> we love her. Um, my, my adventure with Victoria Wood was very brief. I was only in one episode and I had been, I've just got to very quickly tell you because it, it was one of those, I was told beforehand, you know, she's a lovely lady to work with, but she's an absolute stickler for time. Mm. Whatever happens, don't be late. And so the, all the, the episodes of Dinner Ladies were rehearsed like a show. So you had a whole week to rehearse and then they were performed twice, once on the Friday and once on the Saturday. Mm. And then they cut the show between the two performances, which were done in front of a live audience. Mm. And so on the very first day, Monday morning, I got on the tube to get to wherever, I can't remember where it was, and somewhere, some other station to rehearse. And there'd been a fatality on the line and the whole tube system was screwed. So I arrived about 15 minutes late, having been told, whatever happens, don't be late. 
Mm. And I walked in and they'd already started. So I just very quietly came and sat down and she didn't look at me. And I thought, oh, God, I've done it now, you know. And then very quietly, she just reached forward and there was a plate of Jaffa cakes on the table. And she very quietly just pushed the plate of Jaffa cakes towards me. (laughs) It was just like... She was so lovely and so kind. And at tea break, she made me a cup of tea and genuinely made it herself. Went and got, you know, did, did, did the tea. She had everyone else to talk to. And she said, don't worry, you weren't the only one, you know. And she was hilarious and very funny. But I have never met anyone in my life who worked so hard. Really? She was relentless about working. Absolutely. Would rewrite overnight, come back the next day, try a thing out, rewrite again. So I think during the course of the filming, she must have got very little sleep. And then on the days of the performance, she went out and did the warm-up bit for the audience beforehand personally, and then we did the show. And she was absolutely relentless about hard work, but hilarious and the kindest person, really lovely. Oh, thank you for telling us that, because uh, That's all right. what a magical person she was, well, certainly for, the, for, for as a fan, you know, I mean, it was... Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But, well, I mean, everyone says the, the same about her, and it's all true, you know, nobody's covering up them and going, well, actually, she was really hideous. She wasn't. She was absolutely charming. Mm. But work, 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 relentlessly hard work, yeah. You're listening to Susanna Hornby talking to Lynn Whitehead and Tim Welton here on the Suffolk Pod Show. I mean, you guys work pretty hard too, and that brings us on nicely to, to finding out exactly what you're up to at the moment. Tim, tell us a bit more about it. Well, we've um, Lynn's working very hard on Zoom, actually. I've been in a much more leisurely time at the moment. About three years ago, I, it was a bit longer now, actually, but I started working with 3Pin Productions, which is Ruthie Henshaw's company. Mm-hmm. We're based in Bury. Her and Paul, her MD, Paul Schofield, set up the company to do her tours. But we've been writing and producing shows. So we've still got some of those that we can do. We're doing some live streaming of kind of West End singers that we do from a club in London. So that's carrying on kind of socially distance doing a lot of writing as well and uh, and planning the next venture with lynn that's my my time at the moment mm. also with a lot of the stuff that we've been doing a fair amount of sound recording which is not something that we'd we'd done together very much before mm. it's just presented itself as various opportunities there's um, a lot of people writing and um recording stuff to to disseminate on uh, you know digitally yeah so we've kind of been doing that mm. really your venture as such can you tell us a little bit more about that some time ago we we started acting together and in fact we we did a show in Sheringham together we did a, a, an alan Aitborn, one of the intimate exchanges or two of the intimate exchanges we did there which is an interesting project because we learn two shows and then you do them night after night and they're not the same. They don't have the same endings. Mm. And um, it's quite wow. good fun. But mm. And so that, which, again, was about four years ago, was the first time yeah, and it was we the had first... been on yeah. stage together for about 25 years. Mm. And uh, we actually we, we, we actually didn't kill each other, which we thought was quite good. <laughs> so since then, we've done small projects. We've done a kind of a Dickens day, a Dickens kind of session, Dickens mm-hmm. doubles. We did mm-hmm. kind of lots of double acts. And then we've got which one. Which we performed for the Berry Society. Oh, did yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, and then, then we've, we've got one that we were just about to plan for next April. Okay. We're working on that. All right. But so that's our theatrical, that's our stage strutting element. Yeah. And then there's a reasonable amount of recording going on mm-hmm. as well. 
as mm-hmm. I said. I, I've been working with two groups from the Theatre Royal. Um, yeah. Over the summer, we had to go to Zoom because we couldn't meet in person. And actually, come the autumn when it was like, well, can we, can't we, we can meet in groups of this many or not, or then it might be cancelled. Yeah. So we decided that we'd carry on working over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And in fact, surprisingly, it's opened up as many doors as it's closed. It's not the same as being in a room with lots of people who want to make a a show or a you know a, a, have some fun improvising it's not the same at all mm. but it's a different thing mm. and given that it's a different thing actually it's quite fun and we've probably got more people in the group who wouldn't have been able to come in the flesh as it were mm. for various reasons not just because of, of the pandemic but because the kids before they can go out or because they work right up until 7 o'clock, so they would never be able to get somewhere else for 7.30. Whereas on Zoom, you can race in from work, you can, you know, throw a bit of dinner down near your neck, and then you can be there at the group. But it also works for people that are shielding, for people that are stuck at home, and for people who otherwise might be a little shy of coming out and piling into a room with lots of other people. Um, And so, although it's closed some doors, it's opened some others. Mm. And the, the end result of both those groups they're two very different themes that we're working on but Mm. will be an audio production because you can do that at home you can record under the duvet (laughs) and as we are now you know we're in different yet we can all still make a noise together so then there'll be quite a lot of calling upon Tim to patch that all together once we've got it recorded so working together has taken a completely different slam because of the lockdown but in fact we've uh, we've had quite a lot of fun yeah Lynn is this your singing groups you're talking about or is this acting this is theatre no this is acting group yeah, this okay. is acting group yeah. that singing over Zoom is a nightmare because of the latency problem you can't you can't all sing at the same time so no. we, there are ways of doing it but it's um, more of a social event than a singing event so mm. these are devising and acting so we're writing we're devising writing and then we will be performing and then piecing it all together as an audio drama mm. uh, which is hilarious because you record your own bits under the duvet with no idea what it's going to sound like <laughs> until you know the last minute you go oh yeah that sounds like a conversation uh, we recorded <laughs> yeah. one bit over the summer where Tim it was a two-hand scene between a servant and a master and Tim played both parts uh, but of course you can piece it together to yeah. sound like it's a conversation that's so, so clever yeah. can we listen to those anywhere uh, some of the monologues we put out that the the group wrote over the summer will be, I think, still on the Theatre Royal website, but I'm not 100% sure of that. They went out via the Theatre Royal. But the ones that we're working on now won't come to fruition until sort of Christmas time. Mm. And we're hoping to spread them far and wide. So I'll certainly let you know when they're done. But yeah. at the moment, they're... Um, they're tucked away, you know, still in the writing process. Yeah, yeah. The, um, I know on the... Go on, Tim. Sorry, yeah. I was going to say just a little plug, though, for something that is on the Theatre Royal website, which is I just recently recorded one of their walking stories. Mm. Um, I don't know if you, if Owen talked about these when you interviewed him, mm. but they're they're fantastic. So I did one. I, I, I was just the recording artist for that, written by a local writer called Annie Eddington uh, mm. about about a character in, in Lavenham. But they're all on the, the Theatre Royal website, and they're fantastic. Very short, less than 10 minutes, and you plug in and listen to the walk as you walk around. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, Lynn and I did two of them yesterday. Yeah, yeah. we did. As a out, Sunday outing, we went and did two. Yeah. Well, how lovely. Where did you go? The Barry Snedman's ones? Or? We did yeah, we one did. of the we... Barry Snedman's ones yeah. that was about um, Thomas Clarkson's wife, Catherine. And the other one, we went over to New market and did one of the new market ones yeah brilliant yeah no no i have listened to some myself i think they're extraordinary 
I actually feel like I'm in the the play or drama itself. It's a really, really incredible experience. Yeah, they're lovely. And they're very, because they're very short, it's not like you have to commit a whole half a day doing it. Mm. You can just, you know, it's a really nice, easy listen, I think. Mm. And I, and le- I learned such a lot in a lovely, entertaining and immersive kind of way. It was yeah. great. I mean, Lynn, you are a professional storyteller too. isn't? Don't you do a lot of that for the theatre as well as everything else you've just said? Well, I do quite a lot of telling stories and make, making stories bespoke stories. Mm. So, for example, I'm working on a project with Suffolk Cartlink at the moment about some letters written by soldiers who were on the retreat to Dunkirk. Um, And we're working on those with one of the theatre groups as well. And I had to try and tell the story of the letters in a way that was appropriate to some nine and ten-year-olds. And so suddenly you have to go, okay, which bits of the story am I going to kind of skate over and which bits of the story am I going to really emphasise? So it's um, it's good fun knowing who your audience is and trying to tell the story mm. appropriately for your audience because obviously you'd tell that story very differently to a group of adults, but to a group of children, there's you know there's some bits that they wouldn't really understand and other bits that you go no let's not shy away from this they mm. they need to know yeah. this. So it was uh, yeah that was the most recent thing of having to go oh how do we how do we make this story appropriate for the yeah. audience? No, that's fascinating. Yes, you have to be a bit subtle because you don't want to frighten them, but uh, they do need yeah. to understand yeah. the emphasis and the importance of that occasion. Exactly, and the context, why the, why the soldiers were there exactly. uh, with, without doing all oh, we were the goodies and they were the baddies. You know, mm. it's very difficult. Mm. You're busy, even though you can't actually be on the stage and doing what you'd love to do or writing. Well, you are writing and you are directing to a certain extent. We have to really bring it to an end now because we must let you go get on with your busy days and I just want to say thank you very very much for your time and um, we'd love to talk to you again when when you've got something and you're about to launch please come back and tell us all about it because we'd love to know yeah we'd love to thank you all right it's an absolute pleasure thank you very much that was brilliant thanks very much indeed yeah lovely to speak to you hope it goes well thank you very much tim thanks so much really loved it thank you okay, take <laughs> okay care. bye Thanks for listening to the Suffolk Pod Show. Find us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Or you can visit our website, podtalk.co.uk. And here's our disclaimer. The Suffolk Pod Show will not be held responsible for any omissions or errors in its podcast. The Suffolk Pod Show is produced purely for entertainment purposes. Views and opinions are that of our own or that of our guests.